Hi, welcome to our podcast, She Inspires. A podcast created to inspire community, connection, empowerment, and courage. Designed for women who are committed to standing tall, living bravely, dreaming big, and celebrating life fully. I'm Haley. And I'm Gina Marie. Hello. Hey. How's everybody doing? How are you? How was your Thanksgiving? Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I had a wonderful Thanksgiving. What did you eat? Turkey, mashed potatoes, stuffing, gravy. Oh, my brother's wife made a creme brulee. Oh, I saw that. She's a chef. She's incredible. She is? Yeah, she's a pastry chef, and she does just a phenomenal job making things. She also made my dad. She was so sweet. She made my dad a gluten-free chocolate cake for his birthday. And it was very relaxing. It was just very nice to be home and be with my parents and be with the puppies and see my brother. And um, it was really nice. Mm -hmm. It was really nice. So it was good. How was yours? Mine was very good. It was a lot of people. (laughs) There were a lot of people at our house. I think that there were like... I'm not even kidding. Probably like 18 to 20 people. Oh my gosh. See, we only had six. Yes, it has become a, my dad said that we had been doing this for 11 years. It doesn't feel like we've been doing it for 11 years. However, at, at the same time, it does because this is just tradition now. Yes. Parts of my dad's family come. Parts of my mom's family come. We all stay in the house. Yes, it's a lot. Yeah, Rob and I slept in the pull-out couch. And... um. We had a lot of food, mm-hmm. a lot of food, and then I get to make things that I love. So I made a lot of, oh, I made my vegetables, mm-hmm. my roasted vegetables. I made spaghetti squash. I made uh, dairy-free sweet potatoes, mm. mashed sweet potatoes, and regular potatoes. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was just delicious. Mm. I mean, I still feel full. <laughs> And I don't even think like I overate. I think I just was indulging. Yes. As is, as Thanksgiving is for. Exactly. You know, my family, my sweet mom and my dad, and then my brother and his wife just endure it. But they all, we did it all gluten free. That is so kind. Yes. It was lovely. Stuffing, so good. I have some in my fridge. Yeah, how are you making that? Just gluten free bread. Oh, yeah. Literally just with gluten free bread. And then we made gravy with cornstarch instead of flour. Yes. And uh, mashed potatoes, of course, are gluten free. Turkey's gluten free. Mm -hmm. And then the dessert was creme brulee, which is gluten free. Oh, yeah. But there's also, you know, gluten free pies you can get that are very good. My mom always just buys little things for me. Yes. I can't imagine the whole family going because my Uncle Gary and my Aunt Karen are eating the turkey skin. So they're eating rolls, turkey skin, and what else? Are that they is eating? the one thing that I think we don't. We don't have like dinner rolls. At least like my mm-hmm. family, like growing up in Wisconsin, it was always dinner rolls. Yes. Which is just straight bread, which I'm sure you can also get gluten free, but mm-hmm. not the same. Like, straight dinner rolls. So, we didn't have, we didn't have those. But I remember my dad afterwards was like, you know, I don't feel stuffed from Thanksgiving. And I told, I didn't tell my dad, I told my mom. I was like, I think dad's gluten-free. Ooh. Actually, I think he should be eating gluten-free. Yes. Because my whole life, he's talked about having tummy problems and feeling bloated. And I'm like, 
it's gluten sensitivity, which in theory can also be genetic. So, mm. sorry, Dad. Pretty sure that if you stopped eating gluten, you'd feel better. Yes, and to our listeners that eat gluten, more power to you. Hey, you know what? If, if it you feel fine, yes. you better eat it. You better and eat I feel that extra fine, roll. I would eat those rolls. Yeah, eat those rolls, man. Um, okay, well, we have a TRL. TRL. And our question this week is, how do you navigate challenging conversations from our amazing sister, Jamie Coughlin? Thank you, Jamie, for this amazing TRL. Okay. Oh my God, we love when you guys send us TRLs. Because then too, what we get to do afterwards is check back in with you. Yes, I want to hear what you think about what we say. We do. We want to check back in. Our girl Angie checked in with us. Aubrey checked in with us. We got, you you know, we got our people. We love y'all. Anyway, send us more. So, navigating challenging conversations. Challenging conversations. Wow, I do this often. Gina Marie does. She's very good at it. I do this often. If there is something that is bothering me or causing me to stress or worry, I go straight into the conversation. (laughs) Even if it's uncomfortable, if it's awkward, if I have to call someone and I don't want to, I still do it. I hit dial and, and I talk to them. And I usually start the conversation by telling the person how much they mean to me and that is why we're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. I think that telling the person, you're important to me, I needed to share this with you, I love you, I want to work through it together or whatever it might be, I think sets up um, the conversation and the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you didn't care about them, you just wouldn't say anything at all. Exactly. How do you know, actually, I don't know if you've ever done this, Gina Marie, now I'm curious to ask, how do you know when not to say something? Oh, uh, when I'm still really charged up about it. Mm-hmm. I have to give myself a few days mm-hmm. and think about it. And also, because there are some times when it's like, okay, that wasn't that big of a deal. I'm going to give yes. this one a pass. I think it's one when I take a few days I let myself calm down. And if it's still coming back to me, mm-hmm. then I have to say something. Then you know. Because what would you do if you didn't say anything? Well, I would either have to let it go. Mm-hmm. Or I would beat them up in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> they were wrong. Can't I would it. beat them up in my mind. Well, and one thing I know we've talked about for this is what I do. I actually, if I know I need to say something or have a conversation and I don't usually I just retreat farther away from that person oh yeah like that I'm less connected oh I am the queen of that if there is something that's bothering me I can't act like things are fine Mm -hmm. that's thank you for bringing up Mm -hmm. that is actually why one of the reasons why I have to have a conversation is because I will distance myself from you yep which isn't what you want Mm-hmm. You want to be close, but yes, I feel the same way. It's like, I'll just be like, like, that's why sometimes I know when I have to have a challenging conversation when I don't want to, I can just do it anyway, because I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I will simply brush it under the rug and I'm a little different because I sense that I'll act like things are okay to a certain mm-hmm. level, like on the surface, it'll be okay. And it will be for me. And in the back of my mind though, I know that. 
oh, I'm not going to get that close to that person. Yes. Or I'm not going to let them in anymore. Mm-hmm. Or I learned from... Because usually yeah. when you have to have a challenging conversation with someone, it's because something didn't go the way you wanted it to. Right. You're upset about something they did or how you act. Like, sometimes it's... I get upset with myself about how I acted about something. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, now I need... I know I need to go, like, apologize or take mm-hmm. responsibility for something. Or I'm upset with somebody else for the mm-hmm. way they acted. And so I think... Having a challenging conversation or having a conversation period that might seem challenging is the bridge that allows for like deeper connection Mm -hmm. and a deeper relationship because if I don't, I'll just be like, hey, and keep that person on surface level. Absolutely. That won't go deeper than that. And I think it's what's, um, what's healthiest for me as well. So it's all, mm. it's healthy, healthy for the relationship, but it's also healthy for me because then I'm just, like I said, resenting. Mm-hmm. And what is and that quote it where it's like resentment is me drinking the poison and waiting for you to die. Mm-hmm. I can very much relate to that. Maybe <laughs> not the death part. That's a little extreme. A little extreme. <laughs> However, I totally, and I think I spent a lot of my younger years doing that actually. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was in high school and college, I would be super resentful and then I would distance myself and the relationship would have some sort of falling out or whatever. Um, Now that I am where I am now, I have the difficult, challenging conversations. Mm -hmm. I just go in for it. Um, And what surprised me about that actually is that people really appreciate that. Even if it is challenging, even if it is hard, even if it's difficult... People do seem to appreciate the fact that you're having the conversation mm-hmm. as opposed to not having the conversation. Because I don't think it's the norm in our society most of the time is to, at least how I understand it and how I see the world a lot of times is we're taught to suck it up. Mm-hmm. To suck it up, to take it in, and to just keep doing, stay in our lane, do mm-hmm. our work not rock the boat, not right. challenge the status quo, like not do anything that's going to disrupt mm-hmm. what is like the false illusion or the appearance of things being okay mm-hmm. or being normal. When in fact, though, that's ridiculous because having a conversation that's challenging actually creates more ease mm-hmm. normally. Yeah. And more lightness and more growth and more moving forward in a profound and powerful way. Yet I think, you know, so oftentimes we're taught to sit down and be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in school you have a question? No. You have a conversation? Later. Mm-hmm. Right? You want to, you know, there's always, the, there's these constraints on when we're allowed to speak, what we can speak about, what we're not allowed to speak about. Um And certainly then you can get deeper in the conversation around what men and women, you know, what men are allowed to speak about and what they're not, you know, men are, you don't talk about your emotions, Mm -hmm. right? You suck it up, you do your job, Mm -hmm. you don't cry. Women, it's like, you don't complain. Mm -hmm. You just do your job or clean the house or cook dinner or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you kind of take the brunt of the family Mm -hmm. and especially as a mom. And I think that a lot of moms talk about that too, is like just having to, it's not about you. You hold it in and let everyone else be okay, which there's valor in that. And at the same time, it's um, when it's detrimental to your own health, that's when it's important to speak up. Yeah. Ask for what you need. Because I think another 
Another challenging conversation for me is when I have to ask for something I need. Mm -hmm. When I have to make a request of someone for help Mm -hmm. or for support or for something I need, sometimes that's challenging for me to do because of my need to just be independent and do it on myself. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's not possible for me all the time. So having to actually ask for help can be a challenging conversation. Yeah. I think that... Another thing that's that's crucial in challenging conversations is allowing the other person to be heard. Yes. So listening. Mm-hmm. So what I try to do is start the conversation, ask them their experience or how they're feeling, listen, try to see it from their point of view, and then respond mm-hmm. to the best of my ability. And... Um, Another thing that Rob and I do now is um, I have him. So if if I'm venting or if I'm going through something or if I need to have a conversation with him, I ask him to ask me, is this something you actually want to have a conversation about or is this something where you just want me to listen? Yes. Do you want me to just listen? Do you want me to respond? Mm Mm-hmm. And most of the time what I'm learning about myself is I actually want him just to listen. However, in the past, I've set it up as it being a conversation. Mm -hmm. And so then when he responds, then I'm like, oh my God, he doesn't get me. Why is he saying that? So that's another thing that's been helping me in conversations and challenging conversations. Like uh, expectations. Yes. Or what you need out of the conversation. Hey, I need to vent for Mm -hmm. seven minutes. Mm -hmm. Time me. Mm -hmm. Then I can talk to you about how... Yes. Then you can support me in how to be productive about this. And for right now, I just need to be heard. Right. I need someone to listen to me. I need to be heard. And then let's move into the how-to of moving forward with it. I think that's so key. I think another thing in challenging conversations is it's important to also go in... In some level, especially if you're about to have a challenging conversation with someone who doesn't know it's coming, mm-hmm. um, is not to be attached to the outcome or to have expectations on how it has to go mm-hmm. or needs to go. And like you were saying, Gina Marie, just being really open to whatever experience they have and knowing that, I don't know, I guess for me, I always go in with the intent to be resolved by the end of the conversation and though knowing that it might not be. Mm-hmm. And being okay with that because I think sometimes we surprise people either with boldness or with the courage that it takes to, mm-hmm. to come to them with something and um, and knowing that it's okay if they're not okay yet and though being able to manage it in a way that you leave it open, hey, okay, well, you know, I understand that you might not be 100% with this yet and you're not okay yet. I would love to talk to you about it again maybe in a couple days or next Mm -hmm. week or even in an hour if you're open to that. Mm -hmm. Yet we can't force other people to feel a certain way or to even say anything that we want them to say. And going into a conversation with the expectation just sets us up for failure. Mm -hmm. So no, like having the intent of resolve, coming in with kindness, Mm -hmm. acknowledging them for who they are for you, why you're even coming to them with this in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then... um. Allowing it to unfold and trusting yourself to navigate it every step of the way 
while also listening. Mm-hmm. You know, and even as we're talking about this right now, it's like, well, that, it takes a lot. Oh my gosh, it takes a lot. It does take a lot. It really does. One other thing that I love, I remember Brene Brown said this, is that um, instead of saying, um, you, you did this, you did that, you yeah. did this, you did that, uh, um, instead of saying that, saying, when you when this happened, I felt this way. Or yes. putting the how you felt with it um, allows the person to see see what you were what you were going through and how it made you feel. And she says, um, uh, the story that I'm making up right now mm-hmm. is that, and then she explains it mm-hmm. so that you can have a conversation where the person realizes, like, oh. This is much deeper, if it's much deeper. Because yes. sometimes I think in conversations we go in and we make it seem like it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then it is a big deal. And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't maybe get resolved like what you're talking about mm-hmm. right away. And, so the, and then you're like hurting yes. really badly. So instead sharing openly and vulnerably about what it, how it makes you feel and what you're telling yourself about it. Yeah, that's the difference between blaming. Yeah. You did the pointing the finger, mm-hmm. right? Blaming and criticizing. You did this, you did that, you did that versus taking responsibility mm-hmm. and saying, "Well, I felt this way mm-hmm. when this happened." And and speaking from I and really powerfully sharing your own feelings mm-hmm. and your own experience to somebody else is a much more productive way to communicate. Right. And like you said, it's like the story I'm making up about this is that you don't care about me mm-hmm. or you don't love me or you don't give a shit about my feelings mm-hmm. because you walked away. Right. Or whatever it might be. And and it is, it's realizing that it is all story. Mm-hmm. And usually we're upset about, it might be about something that happened. And usually there's something that happened and then there's what we make it mean. Mm-hmm. And what we make it mean for days afterwards, weeks afterwards, years Absolutely. afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that person over there has their own experience, their own feelings. And so being able to both speak in that way with each other will simply create more clarity. Yes. And a more productive conversation. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. It is worth it. It really is. It, makes it is work and it is worth it. big difference in relationships. And mm-hmm. I can't recommend it enough, even though it is scary and it's a little unsettling of how mm-hmm. how is how is it going to be um the best thing to do is just to to make the call or have the conversation in person or whatever yeah. it might be one thing not I, over text not over text no make a phone call yeah sit down to lunch see somebody face to face it's so easy to hide behind the screen mm-hmm. and um my sense is that things always get lost oh yeah behind the screen uh the other thing, you know, that I would recommend for people to, or one thing that I do is I'll journal first. Mm. So one thing Gina Marie said at the beginning, like how to navigate a conversation. Yes, there's an element of you just do it at some mm-hmm. point. So like, okay, let me just dial the number, pick up the phone. And though you do it in, when you're in a clear headspace. Yes. Not, you know, necessarily immediately after it happened, when you're in reaction around mm-hmm. it and you're still upset. As like doing the things first to either get clear with your partner. Yes. Like I know that you talk to Rob a lot mm-hmm. about a lot of things. And then it's like, okay, I was able to do my first round to talk it out with him. He then supported me in getting clear on a couple of things that I was 
maybe making up mm-hmm. <laughs> or that I was more upset about than was needed. Yeah. And then you go into your conversation or you journal and write down, you know, one tool that's from the light your leadership body of work is always, it's the, the power of knowing what you want. What do you want out of the conversation? You know, for me, it's always important to remember I want clarity and connection and commitment and love and understanding and, uh, future you know really creating the future together are things that I usually want out of a challenging conversation not anger or resentment or uncertainty or frustration and so reminding myself okay these are the three things I want or the three things I want to communicate and this is where I want to communicate them from from a place of love Mm -hmm. and connection and commitment then I go in with that headspace not just in a flurry about like drowning in my thoughts of all the things I want to say right and that keeps me focused. Yeah. Like getting your thoughts on paper is also a way to navigate a conversation in a way that brings more clarity. And in the conversation, you might have to come back to it. Yes. You know, you might have to say, okay, this is not the direction I want to go in, so let's um, go in a different direction mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Because mm-hmm. that, that can happen very easily. Yes. Or let's take a pause. Yeah. Oh, and pause. come back. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to take a pause, come back to the conversation. Take a pause. And go from there. I love that. Well, and what I will say, people, as Gina Marie said, you know, it's heart work is really what it is. It's moving and creating from the heart and it's not easy and it is worth it. Mm -hmm. And know that anytime you are putting yourself out there in a space of love and compassion and for bettering a relationship as you're doing a good job. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's very important. And so you just remind yourself you're doing good work, you're listening to your heart, and you're moving forward powerfully mm-hmm. in your life. So create those conversations. Do that work. Yeah, we would encourage you to do that. And be Especially kind to yourself. Now. It's like the holidays. Mm-hmm. Before the start of the new year. Oh, wow. Start that new year strong. Oh, wow. Going into 2019. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. How many weeks till 2019? Not very many. Four, five. Oh my god! Maybe six. Wow. Are there any last minute things I need to do? It's a good time to look. Oh man, this year. Whoa. Yeah, you know this is this something. Year. This this it's the time to start planning next year is right now. I need to have a conversation with this year. And <laughs> I need to get clear with this year. We have a challenging conversation to have with twenty eighteen. Oh so. man. It's okay. been a great, ooh, I can't wait. I'm going to start looking back on my year now. Yeah, 2018 has been a great year, and it has had its ups and downs for sure. Amen, sister. Ups and downs for sure. So we will be having some conversations with 2018. <laughs> we will be wrapping it up, and thank you all for listening. We love you guys. Send we us some more you. TRLs. Send us the TRLs, please. T-R-L. Bye. Bye.